Great to see you all this morning. You know, when you go to your car, you usually don't want to see something on your windshield, right? Um, so, for instance, you know, you don't want to see a ticket, but I also don't want to see a little note like that. It says, you know, thanks for taking up two parking spots. Now, the reason I show you that note is that it, it just, it stuck in my head, and actually that wasn't put out of my car, I'm, I, I do the lines, but this, sometimes as Christians, when we do outreach, when we connect with our community, this is kind of the vibe we give. Meaning that, you know, this, there's something kind of wrong with you, and, and, and I'm here to help point it out. I mean, we, we, we give that vibe sometimes. And so uh, as, as we consider, what does it mean to reach out? Because that's the, the focus this year in 2023. We took a survey of many of you church folks and said, you know, what should we be focusing on as a church? And the, the largest response was outreach. And last week we began to talk about, well, what does that mean? And we spoke about how we first need to reach up to God and receive his grace and his mercy, and so that when we reach out to others, we're reaching with the grace and mercy of God. But today, I want us to, to focus more on, all right, well, um, when, when we reach out, that we need to do it in, with a Jesus-inspired attitude. So uh, last week, we talked about our, a, a, a kind of theme verse for this year, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.15, and that verse says, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So, now that might be hard to remember, so we, we, we said, all right, the, our, our theme can kind of be summed up, you know, grace extends to more and more people to the glory of God. That's what outreach is. That's what our theme is going to be. So if you would repeat after me, grace extends to more and more people to the glory of God. All right. Once more together. Grace extends to more and more people to the glory of God. And we unpacked that verse, uh, of course. We, un we looked at the context. Um, and yeah, we, we talked about how, how important it is to reach up first, to receive God's grace, and then extend that to others. And that we need to reach out up to God in prayer first so that when we're reaching out with Christ, we're reaching out with Christ and not ourselves or our ideas. We're offering them the gift of Jesus. And, that we, and we also talked about how outreach is personal, that you reach out to people. It's person to person. It's not a program, it's a, a person reaching out, extending grace to another person. Well, today, again, we're going to look at another scripture that reinforces these ideas, but it, it also, especially when we take the context, it involves us extending grace to the people sitting right next to us within the church body, and then that providing such a unity and such a fullness of grace and, and unity that when we extend that grace to other people outside these walls, we are truly extending the grace of God. But if we can't extend grace to those 
within the church body? How can we extend it to those outside the church body? Because that's a lot harder because there's usually lots of differences. So anyways, let's look. The scripture today, Romans 15, 1 through 6. It says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here I want you to notice um, that ver verse 2, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. That that's really when we talk about outreach, it is, again, reaching out, extending God's grace to more and more people and building them up. Not, you know, not just pleasing ourselves, not thinking about ourselves, but thinking otherly where we want to build others up for their good. Now, have we looked at Romans in the last few weeks, the book of Romans? Have we looked at that? Not really, right? So do I hear a, a, a grumble of, man, Pastor, you better show us that context. Okay, okay, good, good. I think I hear that. Context. We need the context. All right, well, I'll give that to you then. Um, so the, the context of Romans 15 is Romans 14. And whenever you're looking at, a, at context to understand the scriptures better, what they actually meant when they were penned, you, it's best to look at the paragraph before and the paragraph after. We're going to do that today. Uh, best to read the whole book. But at the very least, the paragraph before, the paragraph after. And in Romans 14, it's talking about actually disagreement uh, and discord between believers in Rome. And the issue was that in, in Rome, there was some uh, disagreement on, is it okay to eat food sacrificed to idols? Okay, because uh, it was, again, anything you bought in the market generally would have been taken, um, uh, if it was meat, it would probably have been involved in a, in a ritual sacrifice. And so there were some Christians like, no, we can't, no, no, stay away from that. And then other Christians say, it's fine, there's no such thing as that, we'll eat whatever's put in front of you. And so there was a little bit of a disagreement there. And, but the Apostle Paul is saying, um, you know, the particular issue, it's not important. The important thing is your attitude towards fellow believers, towards other people. That's why in 15.1 it says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. So this context of in, in disagreement, how are we approaching that disagreement within the church body? Is it to say, I want to be right, I want my point to be taken, or is it I'm most concerned with building other people up? And there's two oughts here, right? We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Two oughts. First of all, there's a positive ought. We ought to bear with one another, bear with the weak. That's the positive ought. This is what we should do. But then there's what we ought not to do, the negative ought. We ought not just please ourselves. Both of these oughts <laughs> come from a radical change of thinking as Christians, 
As Christians, we are to think otherly. We are to think and have the attitude of Jesus Christ who, as verse 3 points out, didn't come to the earth for his own benefit. He came and gave his life. He took on our reproaches for our good. And that's the attitude we're to have. Another scripture that talks about this is Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 through 7. Again, the Apostle Paul, same kind of idea. He's telling the church, he's like, uh, don't just look out for your own interests, look out for other people. And then he points to Jesus as our example. The reason why we think otherly of chapter 2, verse 4 and 7 of Philippians. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, although he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be clung to, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. So Christ, he, he's not pleasing himself. No, he, he left his heavenly throne in the, in the, in the, in the tight fellowship of the, all the stuff that was going on there in heaven, the beauty, and he emptied himself gave his life so that we would have eternity with God, even though while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's why here that says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Then in, in Romans 15, 2, that verse, let each of us please his neighbor to his good, to build him up. And it says all because this is the Christ-inspired attitude, that if we have truly received God's grace, again, we've reached up, we understand how much God has done for us, then it changes our values. It changes the way we think. And because we're also filled with the Holy Spirit, if we've trusted in God and, and trusted in Jesus, then we want to glorify God, but we also want to build up others. That's the Christ attitude of outreach that the Apostle Paul talks about here. But what's also interesting here in Romans chapter 15 is, yeah, the, the, the context is about, you know, within the church body. But then, in case we say, okay, I, I think maybe I, I, I might be able to do that with my brothers and sisters in Christ, within the church walls, you know, because we generally have the same worldview and, and we can kind of get along. I, I think I might be able to do that, uh, but I don't know about outsiders, right? I don't know about people I really disagree with or people out there, them. Not sure about that. Does that include them? You know, are they my neighbor? Right? Because it says, let us each please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Are they my neighbor? Reminds me of Luke chapter 10 where, a, uh, where Jesus said, hey, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And wishing, wishing to justify themselves, the person said, well, who is my neighbor? And then he tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. Well, here, after 15, after our section of 15, the Apostle Paul, in verse 8, sorry, this isn't on the screen, he says, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. So, in other words, Jesus didn't just come for uh, his fellow Jews. And remember, at the beginning of the church age, like, all Jesus was Jewish, his followers were Jewish, everyone was Jewish. 
Though the outsiders were the Gentiles, people like us, of non-Jewish heritage. And so here, the Apostle Paul is saying, no, Jesus didn't just, yes, you need to bear with one another. Yes, you need to extend grace to those within the church. But Jesus didn't just extend grace to those within the, the, uh, God's community. He extended grace to the Gentiles as well. And in fact, that's why many of the Romans are Christians, because a lot of them were Gentiles. Because Christ didn't just say, all right, love your neighbor, as in the people who are already in the, in the inside. No, he came to the earth while we were still sinners. He extended grace and the promise of the patriarchs to the Gentiles as well. So we need to be in accord with this Jesus attitude, this Jesus-inspired attitude of outreach that extends grace to more and more people, starting within the church body, because if we can't do it with one another, we certainly can't do it out there. But we become in such accord with one another that then we extend that grace to outside the church walls as well, because that's what Jesus did. So what does that look like? Let's look deeper into that. How do we recognize a sort of a Jesus-inspired attitude? What would it look like? Well, first of all, it, it would look like extending within the church walls. It would mean extending grace in difficulty and disagreement. A lot of us, yeah, I can extend grace to people who, you know, I'm getting along with and I like and they're my friends. But Jesus calls us to so much more. Extending grace to those who are in disagreement. And remember, the, what's the context of chapter 14? Is that the, the believers, there was quite a disagreement about the practices of eating things sacrificed to idols. And those disagreements can very quickly devolve into who is right. Instead of, I want to build this up, I want us to do what's right, it can be, well, I'm right. And the point is to show that we are right as opposed to, as Paul says, the Jesus attitude, it's not about who is right, it's about, am I building you up? Yes, we can disagree, but in that disagreement, can I, am I building you up? Is my primary purpose the building up of somebody else? Or is it to show that I'm right? You see, sometimes when we reach out, it's not to bless, some, it's not to bless somebody, it's not to uh, build them up. We reach out with a fist to strike down. Or we reach out and grab a shield because we want to protect ourselves. But here, we see that within, we bear with those who disagree. We don't beat them down. And then and that causes us to have a love and a grace that we're extending within the church walls. The other thing about extending in, in the church walls is that, that extending the arm, as I mentioned last week, that's a, it's a good picture extend grace to more and more people to the glory of God, and that the arm-extended thing, it's a good picture. Because um, when we gather together, we have to each ask ourselves, all right, did, when we, did I bless anybody? Did, did I actually extend grace to anybody that I was sitting next to? So we got, you know, all, all of us sitting here today, we have a choice. We can sort of come to church, and we use that phrase too, well, I'll come to church, but in order to be the church, we actually have to extend grace to someone sitting next to us. 
Did we do that today? And you can't extend grace if you're not close enough to touch somebody. So I think that's a good picture. The people that are right next to you, that you can touch, you're not here just for yourself. You're here for that person too. Make sure that you touch somebody. And as a church body, one of the things we do internally is that we help one another reach up to touch Christ. We reach up to understand his grace, to sing about his grace, to worship him so that we're full of his grace to extend that, and we help one another do that. And you help one, we help one another do that through using our times, our talents, and, and, and our abilities that God didn't just give for us and for our own benefit and blessing, but he gave to us to bless others with. You know, as the worship team was, was uh, singing, using their talents, um, what were they doing? They were helping us ex to focus on God and reach up to touch him so that we would be filled with his grace. And then that wasn't just so that we would be pumped up. That wasn't just so that, you know, we would get emotional. That was so that we would be full of the grace of God to then share it with somebody else, to touch somebody else with the grace by which we've been touched. We're, um, I'll mention this a little bit later, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm heading out to India for a couple of weeks, and um, that Saturday that we come back, uh, the 28th, uh, we're going to do a, a prayer team training. And what, what that is, is that in our minds, a part of, of being a church is helping one another take a step towards Jesus. And it's, you don't, it's not just me, right? You don't have to come through me. I'm not the Pope. I'm not a priest that says, all right, I'm, you, know, you have to come to me to touch God. No, each one of us, if, so, we, if we want to touch folks, if we want folks to take a step towards Jesus, then one of the ways we know we can do that is through prayer. It's through praying for people. That if someone says, you know, I want to pray, will you pray with me? You know what they're saying? They're saying, I want to take a step towards Jesus. Would you take that step with me? What a privilege. What an absolute privilege if someone says, you know, I, I want to take a step towards God, but I'm not sure even what I need to do. I just need help doing it. Would you walk with me? That's what prayer is. Prayer is saying, you're heading towards God, I want to walk with you. Or, or you don't even know what to say, you just know you need God. Let me take a step with you. That's what prayer is. And that's why we're doing this, this prayer team training so that, yes, in the Sunday service, when the you know, sermon's over, you can come and pray with me or you can go in the back, have others pray with you. Or if you come early and you're like, I need prayer because I'm not even able to focus on God, there'll be folks ready to say, oh, you want to take a step towards God? I'll step with you. What a privilege that would be. And that's what we need as our church, our church culture that says, I'm not just here for me. I'm here, yes, to focus on God, but I'm here also to help the people around me take that step. And we do that together. We do that using our times, our talent, our prayers. But again, that's meant to fill us, but then to build up others. So that... As we, because let's face it, you know, we're here for an hour. Well, you hope it's an hour. It's longer because I'm just, I just keep going. I can't stop. But <laughs> you're here for an hour on Sundays. Hopefully, you're also connecting with other believers during the week. But it's, for the most part, you are going to be out there. 
most of your life, most of your days, in your family, many of them who aren't Christians, in your, among your neighbors, most of them who aren't Christians, in your workplace, most of them aren't Christians. And so outreach really is we start here. We reach out together to one another. We strengthen and, and extend that grace to one another. And then we have an overabundance of God's grace to share with those out there. And what does that look like? What does it look like to have a Christ-inspired attitude to those out there? Same thing. In other words, it's to build others up. It's to help them take a step towards Jesus as well. It's not to be the, hey, you took two parking spots up. I need to tell you where you're wrong. It's, I want you to take a step towards Jesus. And it's going to look similar in that we still extend grace to those we disagree with. Because let's face it, there's, as Christians, we're in conflict with most of our culture. And, and, and it's not just in our culture. We can just say, well, yeah, we gotta, we're in conflict with these people. No, there is, we're, in, we're at odds with people on the left, people on the right. Because with, with Christ, he is the center. He is the one. And so we're always at odds with, with one group or another. And that is where we have to have this Jesus attitude that says what? You who are strong, bear with the weak. Isn't that what Romans 15, 1 and 2 said? Now, in the context, it was, yeah, church folks, but then as we saw, it also in, include, our neighbor includes those even outside the church. So, Christian, who is strong in this equation and who is weak if it comes to us and those outside, who are not Christians? I think it's the one, those who have the Holy Spirit of God, wouldn't it be? I mean, if you're a Christian, then you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in you, giving you a power and a patience and a love beyond yourself. So I think in this equation, the strong bearing with the weak is us bearing with those out there who maybe park in two parking spots, who don't do things we agree with at all, and yet we're called to bear with them. What does that mean? It means that, yes, what the, sometimes it's maddening, our culture, but we still say, no, I'm the strong one because I've got the, the spirit of Christ, and my job is to help that person take a step towards Jesus. So I will bear with them. I will step with them because that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And Constantly in the scriptures, it says, especially Apostle Paul, he's like, have that Jesus mind in you so that you can then reach out and extend grace to more and more people. Here's the other thing that we have to check our hearts on is that we, we extend God's grace to more and more people for their benefit, for their good, not our own. And what I mean by that is many churches in the church growth movement, I was a part of it in the 90s and, and whatnot, sometimes it's like, all right, we want to build our church up. Well, well why? Well, because it's better to have a bigger church. Well, why? Well, because we have more programs. 
Or I like it when we have lots of kids coming to our church. Well, well, why? Well, because I like to see little kids. Well, I do too. But when we're reaching out, is it to build ourselves up as a church body? Or is it truly to bless them, to build them up? Again, it's, it seems subtle, but it's such an important difference because we can go about outreach, not really for the glory of God and the benefit of the unchurched, but really for our own glory and for our own benefit. See, it's, it's subtle, but that has to have our, um, our idea. And then the other thing about it, outreach, how does it look? This, this is one thing about our church here at Second Baptist. We have wonderful facilities. We've got a wonderful gymnasium. We've got a nice sanctuary. We've got lots of grounds. And God has given us these things to, not just for ourselves, but to bless our community. And so it makes sense that we want to use our facilities and all of that to bless the community, and we should. But if, if we're extending grace to more and more people, if we're having a Christ mindset then we also should, we, we should not just expect people to come to us. True Christ-centered outreach is not just, hey, if you come to us, we'll welcome you and we'll be nice. Because is that what Jesus did? Did he like, well, if you come to me, I'll be, I'll be nice to you. No, he emptied himself. He emptied himself, came to earth, came in the form of, of, of a man. And so... If we have a Christ-inspired outreach, then that means we're not just want people to come to us. We have to go. We have to go to where they are. Again, there's nothing wrong with welcoming people and doing stuff here. But if all of our outreach, and this is kind of the case, involves people coming to us, then we're not quite reflecting that Jesus-type outreach, is it? We need to think of ways where we're engaging the community, where we're on their turf. We're not just saying, you know what, you come to us and, you know, you're going to be uncomfortable because people are uncomfortable when they come to a church, especially if they're unchurched. And you take the time, you take the effort, you take on the discomfort, and then we'll welcome you. No, we need to figure out ways to reach out to our community in a way that builds them up. Now, we can't do everything. Because we're limited. But what are those things? This year, we're going to take the time to figure out, God, what have you called us to do? What are those few things that we can bless our community where they're at? So that, and this is uh, the Second Corinthians passage, that grace extends to more and more people, and it will increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Where the community says, you know what? Second Baptist Church, they're kind of strange. I disagree with a lot of what they say, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful that they're there because they build up the community. They, they don't, they, there's a, a blessing to them being present because if we truly understand this extending grace to more and more people, what it means is I'm not just extending grace to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm extending grace to others, people outside these walls to bless them, to build them up. Now, some people think of outreach just as evangelism, right? Just share the gospel. Some people think of outreach just as helping the needy. But really, this definition of outreach, extending grace to more and more people, to the glory of God, it's, 
It's all-encompassing. It's how can I build this person up? How can I bless them? Now, everyone needs Jesus, so I'm going to mention Jesus. I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. But if this person, the way I can show grace to them is they need clothing, and I provide clothing. Or my, our community needs something. Like there's, there's an area where we live in a fallen world, so there's things that are not right. And Second Baptist Church steps into that and says, we are going to help alleviate this thing for the flourishing of our community. That's this Jesus kind of inspired outreach that increases thanksgiving. Now, that's being said, there is a caveat, and that is there are some folks who will never be thankful for Christians. And it pains my heart. Um, I have a high school friend, a Facebook friend with her, and um, she, had, she, was, she was livid. She was so angry that a local church where she lives um, bought coffee for everyone who came through her particular, the, the, the particular, I think Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, the coffee shop that she was near. She was at, angry about that. She, so in other words, there are some folks who are so bigoted against Christians that you can give them coffee and they still won't be thanked. They'll be like, ah! And, and, and so, we, I mean, there's nothing we can do about that. But nonetheless, so there'll always be friction, right? Because we have different values, different worldview. Yeah, there'll always be friction between us and those who are not Christians or those who whatever. But that should not get us to go into an us versus them mentality. It should cause us to even more say, wait a minute, God has put us here to extend grace to more and more people, even extend grace to people who are going to say, I don't want that. If we have a Jesus-inspired attitude, then we expect that because people rejected Jesus. So if we're actually doing it right, we expect people will reject us too. But that doesn't mean then we're like, okay, well, you're outside, we're inside. I'll extend grace to my neighbors right here. No, we still extend grace to those outside these walls. So in the next year, we're going to talk about more ways. What is outreach? How, as a, as a church, are we going to reach out to our community? But like from last week, it has to first involve reaching up, reaching up in prayer, receiving God's grace, and then reaching out. But it all has to be informed by Jesus' attitude. Again, 15.2, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. This is the Jesus attitude of outreach that we must embody in what we do. Extend grace to whatever people that we're near. So again, that includes, like, you can reach and touch someone right near you. Yes, it includes them. You're here to extend that grace within the church body, but then we're also here to extend grace outside the church body. So this whole next year, we're going to talk about developing that. What does that look like? How do we do that? And, but it has to be undergirded by this attitude. So as we go into this time of prayer, I want each one of us to be praying, God, reveal to me one person within the church body that you want me to extend grace to. And then say, God, bring to my mind one person outside the church body 
that you want to extend, you want me to extend grace to? And then pray, God, how, all right, you've put someone in my mind. Now, God, show me how. What particular thing do I, should I do? Now, should we do more than just one person? Yes, but let's start with one. Because if each one of us did that, just one person in the church and one person outside the church, you know how many people we'd be touching? I can't count. I'm not a mathematician. I'm, you know, that's why I'm a pastor. But I think we'd be touching like 300 people. Probably more. I don't know. Joe Croto, you're a math guy. You, 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 you uh, tabulate that stuff for me. But all I know is it's... <laughs> All I know is like that's like 300 people. So yeah, let's start with one. And because it's person to person, actually touching a person, not just an idea, not just a program, a person. Let's pray. Dear God, we come before you and we ask that you be bringing to our minds one person, Lord, one person in the church body that you want us to extend your grace to. And we receive your grace, God. We rejoice in that your, your death for our sins. We rejoice that while we were still sinners, you died for us. And Lord, we fill up with who you are and Lord, show us one person inside the church body that we would extend grace to today. And now bring someone to mind outside the church body, Lord. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Be bringing those people to our minds. And now, Lord, show us how. You've shown the person, the people, how, Lord? How, what, does, what would build that person up the most? Reveal these things to us, Holy Spirit. We want to extend your grace to that person, both within and without the church. We want to extend grace to that person. Show us, Lord, how what steps to take, what would bless them, what would build them up. Reveal that to us, Lord. And thank you for the privilege of extending your grace to more and more people to your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.